Amen. I read a lot about World War II. I don't want to ever forget about our nation's heroes, about their blood that's been shed for the freedom that we have in this country. And so every day, pretty much, I read something about World War II. It may only be one sentence, but I like to read it. I listened to this podcast the other day, and it was about something I'd never heard before. It was about some British POWs in Asia uh, in a Japanese concentration camp. And obviously, it's horrific in some of those concentration camps. And he had gotten sick. He had gotten all these uh, ulcers all over his feet, all over his legs. And he was getting really, really bad. And inside that POW camp, they had set up a little medical hut. And they had one of the POWs was actually a medical doctor in his 30s. And so he kind of took charge of the medical hut. But nobody wanted to go there because the sickest of the sick were in there. And he finally said, I have to go or I'm going to die. And he went in there and he said as he walked in, it was, it was very bad. And he made his way to the, to the doctor and he said, Doc, how, how bad is everything here? And he said, this I can tell you. Two men with the same symptoms will come into this tent. And I can't tell them apart, but they have the same symptoms. One will die and one will live. He said, the only thing I can tell you is one man has hope and one man doesn't. And he realized then that his only way out was to remain hopeful that he was going to make it out some way. Hope appears in the Bible over 130 times, and it doesn't take us long to see it in, in, in the Bible. First thing I want to tell you is that hope is historical. It's, it's historical because it goes back to the very first people, okay, because God makes a promise that he's going to send someone. And we see that in Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. God makes a promise to Abraham. And when you get a promise, that's something you have you get to hope for in the future. We know one of those promises is that God's going to make a great nation out of Abraham. And also that he's going to give him a son and they're they're going to fill the whole world and, and have a great um a great generation behind, uh, behind him. Genesis chapter 12 says, Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing, and I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse them that curseth thee. And in thee all families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went, went with him. And Abraham was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. Okay. Then we pick it up in Genesis chapter 21, verse 5. And Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born unto him. Twenty-five years Abraham got to hope for a son. Okay. And we saw that God brings that to pass. Okay. We can think of others as we as we look through the book. We look at in, still in Genesis. We look at uh, Joseph in chapter thirty-seven. Joseph was a, is a story of hope. Okay. Thirty-seven, verse five. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here I pray you, this dream which I had dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obstinance to my sheaf. And his brethren said unto him, 
shalt thou indeed reign over us, or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. God had given Joseph a dream. He had given him a dream of hope that one day his brothers will worship him. One day he will reign. Okay? And as we come to pass, Joseph has to remain hopeful in a lot of different places in his life. In the pit, in, in prison, in Potiphar's house. He has to remain hopeful in the promise that God has promised him. Okay? And then we think of Moses. If we look at Moses, God has, God has given Moses, um, he has a, a heart for his people that they wouldn't be enslaved anymore in Egypt. Okay? And, and he, he doesn't know what to do. He sees an, uh, um, an Israelite being mistreated. He kills an Egyptian, goes to the wilderness, and is there for 40 years. And God comes to him in a burning bush. Okay, and 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 it remains hopeful that he's going to lead his people out of the nation of Egypt. From there, we see Joshua leading the people into uh, Canaan, into the Promised Land, and, and taking over Jericho and winning battles. And we see Caleb. And we see the faith of Caleb, and and wanting that mountain. We see David. We see his his uh, his hope that he's going to reign. He's anointed king at a very very young age, but yet after he kills Goliath. You think his his reign to king would come into into play very fast, but yet we find out that he has to remain hopeful in the caves, hiding out from from King Saul. Okay? And yet he could he could have lost hope and said it's just not going to happen. But yet he kept that hope alive in him. I'm not trying to tell you about prosperity. I'm not trying to tell you that your life's going to be great or amazing. But I am trying to tell you that there is hope in the Lord. These men did not live great amazing lives at times they were in caves and they were in darkness and they were in hiding and they were in pits and they were they were persecuted and they were drove out and they were drove away but yet they remained hopeful in those circumstances and we can look at we can look at nehemiah i wonder when nehemiah got news from the far country it wasn't like today when you know you could kind of see what was going on you could kind of make a plan you would knew that you knew that it would be okay but rather Nehemiah remained hopeful that when he got there, the people would arise and they would and they would all come together and they would build the wall and they would restore Jerusalem and they would restore the law and they would get back to doing what God had called them to do. He was full of hope and that that would happen. And we did see that that did happen. And we think of another one. We, we speed past a little faster. We get all the way to John the Baptist. That man was hopeful that one was coming and he was making a way for him in the wilderness. John the Baptist, and we think of Peter, and we think of Paul, the Apostle Paul, hopeful, okay? And then we go to the early church. These men were looking for the return of Christ already. They were remaining hopeful that what they were doing was going was to go on. And think about the, the Christians in those times that we don't even know about during the Dark Ages, when it wasn't, it wasn't as popular to serve the Lord. Okay? Think about the time during the Black Plague and how hard it was for the church then and for Christians. And we speed past a little further. We think about World War One. We think about World War II. Uh, it wasn't looking real good around the world for Christians at certain times. But yet, the church has remained hopeful that it will continue and to uh, make a difference all around the world in people's lives. Okay? Hope it's historical. It's been going on for a long time. Our Christian hope has been going on 
since Abraham and even continues today because we're hopeful as a people in this day and age that we'll make an impact in our communities, in our cities, in our states, in our country, and around the world. That's my hope. Hope is not only historical, but it's optimistic. Like I told you earlier, two men, same symptoms, same place, same situation in life, yet one remains optim optimistic, and one says, the end is near and dies. I was even actually reading, uh, reading about hope in general, uh, not necessarily biblical hope or Christian hope or the blessed hope, which we're going to learn about in a minute, but I was reading about hope and your body. Apparently, that there has been times when doctors have misdiagnosed people and have said that, hey, you're terminally ill. You may only have three to six months to live. And that person, although his body is 100% healthy, because he is told that and he has lost hope, that his body actually does start to deteriorate, and he can even deteriorate unto death just by losing hope. And, but yet, hope always remains optimistic, no matter the circumstances. Hope is not a focus on a fantasy, but rather a fact of the future. We don't remain optimistic on something just because uh, we're going to make it up or because of some kind of fantasy. We remain optimistic because our hope is not here on this earth, but yet it's rather in Jesus Christ and what God has already said to be true. Let's look at Philippians uh, 7, 4, chapter 4, verse 7 through 9. Uh, we, most of us here may already have that memorized, but... For the sake of it, we're going to go ahead and read it. I can never get there. Philippians chapter 4, verse 7 says, And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Hope remains optimistic. Our Bible tells us that what are we supposed to think on? What are we supposed to dwell on? On these things, things that are good, things that are, are of virtue, things that are pure, true, lovely. We have all the reasons in the world to look at all the negative aspects, but yet God tells us that we need to remain optimistic, okay? I'm as real, I'm a, uh, sometimes I go, I'm a realist, you know, somebody says this, this, and I just go, well, it's more like this, you know, and as ugly as it may be, that's the truth. So, but yet at times with this, you have to be uh, more optimistic in some of the things, because uh, if you look at circumstances, you'll lose uh, optimism real fast, which is, uh, you'll lose hope. But the Bible clearly tells us that we're not supposed to think like that. We're not supposed to dwell on those things. I will say we need to be aware of those things. I'm not telling you we need to not pay attention. We need to not be involved, but rather we need to be involved in those things and we need to look at those things, but rather we don't need to dwell on them and think on them, but think on these things that are lovely and that are pure. We need to remain optimistic. Our hope is optimistic because of the source of our hope. Psalms 42.11, actually James preached on this, uh, this chapter one time, uh, probably last year, 
and uh, I've always liked it. Psalms 42, verse 11. Uh, maybe I like it because it has to do with deer hunting. Okay, Psalms 42. Um, Psalms 42, as the heart panteth after the water brook. See, the doe, the deer, see, that's why I got that from. But that's not where I'm going. Got a little sidetracked. Psalms 42, 11 says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. We are optimistic because of the source of our hope. Hope thou in God. Our source of hope is in God. Hope thou in God. That's where our source comes from. Uh, that, that's why we, we're optimistic in our hope. Okay? Our hope is not something that we have, we have conjured up, we have built. It's not in these four walls. What if, they, what if we have to close the church down and go somewhere else? Well, it's not in the four walls. It's in, it's in Jesus Christ. It's in God and what He's done on the cross of Calvary. That is where our hope, because the source of hope is from God. He is, he is our source of hope. But yet, uh, if we go back to Psalms 31, verse 24, Psalms 31, verse 24, it tells us, Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. The power of hope, is, is, is God. We, we are optimistic in hope because there is power in it from God. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart and all ye that are hope in the Lord. We know what the Bible says about when you lose hope. It says that you, uh, oh man, help me. When you lose hope, it's in Proverbs. Uh, I didn't write it down. I just thought of it. When you lose hope, it's, uh, I, want you, I want to use scripture. But anyways, you're, uh, I don't know exactly what the Bible says. I know it there somewhere. But when, when you lose hope, your strength fails you. You know, it's kind of like, uh, for example, uh, anybody had to call a major repairman out? AC man, plumber, um, I had to call a well guy out to my water well. And you're hoping that it's something small and that he can repair it with what he has on his truck and he's going to be very nice to you. And he comes out just like the well man does and goes, yeah, man, the, the pump's barely pumping. There's probably holes in the pipe. It's in, you know, best case scenario, $1,600. Worst case scenario, 5000 And he's like, well, you know, we, if we put the pump back in the ground and we just replace the pipes, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. You know, you're taking a big chance. So he came out, he fixed the four pieces, put it back in the ground, and the pump didn't work. So there went $1,600. I said, well, I had some hope. Now hope deferred, make it the heart sick. There it is, it came to me. Hope deferred, make it the heart sick. But yet, when our source of hope is in God, our heart doesn't get sick when, when we see those kinds of things. But it's only natural when you're hoping for something and, and it doesn't happen, it, your heart starts to get a little sick, okay? The best part about our hope, well, almost best part about our hope, is that it's personal. The hope we speak of is not, is not a hope that's unattainable. 
It's not a hope that we see afar off. It's not a hope that we wonder about. It's not a hope that we that we that we uh, roll the dice on. It's not a hope that we um, are on just taking a chance on. But rather, this hope is a very personal hope. Okay, our hope is personal. God came to Abraham, and He gave him hope. God came to Moses, and He gave him hope. God came to Nehemiah, and He gave him hope. And God comes to you, and He comes to me, and gives us hope. It's almost on a daily basis, when you say that? That God comes to you and gives you more hope to keep going. He gives you, sees you get to see a little bit more. You're another day closer to the return of Christ. You're another day closer to your death to be able to see Christ should He not return. That stuff's ever more real now than it was before. I've said goodbye to three loved ones in almost a matter of a year. And when that stuff happens, you go, man, the life, our life really is a vapor. And if we're going to do something for Him, we might want to get busy. But this hope is personal. Hope is not reserved for the wealthy and the privileged, but is rather reserved and given to the most remote and obscure men. Hope can be found in even the most dire of circumstances. I think we could go around the world and even go to um, some underground churches in China and around the world, and we could go to those churches and say, do you have hope? And I guarantee you they could stand up with all the assurance of, of God and say, we have hope. We have hope in the Lord, and we do. And it's a personal hope to them. It's not, it's not one that... Uh, is unattainable or something that is uh, they're not borrowing hope from somebody else but rather it is their hope that God has given them it's very personal and I would also say this evening that hope is everything if hope is what's going to keep you alive in in a in a dire circumstance well I would probably say it's everything but what, what is our hope in that's going to keep us alive? Uh, let's look at a couple of scriptures. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 11. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 11, it says, And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. It will, Hope is everything. We're going to hope in that until the end. And we're supposed to be very diligent in the things that we do because we have hope. Okay? We should hope until the end. The end of our life, the return of Christ, we're supposed to remain hope. There's another thing about hope that I found very interesting. When I studied hope, I found that hope has a brother. It has a very close friend. His name is Faith. And I said, that's very interesting. I said, I would say it's pretty hard to have hope without faith. Because without faith, you wouldn't have hope. Maybe I should name some of my kids Faith and Hope. I got a Liberty in there. I guess I should have named. Okay. Without, let's look at a couple of scriptures that kind of help confirm that. That faith and hope go hand in hand. That one doesn't go without the other. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, how can we forget? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence 
of things Amen. not seen. Faith and hope go hand in hand. First yes. Corinthians thirteen thirteen. The husband and wife's favorite chapter in the Bible. First Corinthians thirteen thirteen. And now abideth faith, hope, and charity. Faith and hope, side by side right there in the Bible. These three, but the greatest of these is charity. So charity is going to be the greatest. That's going to leave faith and hope together. Okay. Let's look at another one. Romans chapter 8. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 24. Romans chapter 8, uh, verse 24 says, For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, what doeth he yet hope for? The Bible says we're saved by hope. Okay, that's going to have to do with faith. Romans chapter 5, which is just a couple chapters back, verse 2. It says, By whom also we have access by faith into the grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. I would say tonight, very boldly, that if you don't have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, then you don't have hope in eternity. You have no hope to look forward to because you don't have faith. And I would say tonight, if you're missing hope, then you need to look for faith in Jesus Christ because mm -hmm. that is where true hope comes from. Okay, Let's look at Titus chapter 2, verse 11 and 13. Titus chapter 2, let's look at 11, 12, and 13. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The true answer of what hope is, His name is Jesus Christ. Yes. Is the cross of Calvary. That's what true hope is, and that's where we're going to find our hope. If we get all stirred off in all these different directions, man, there's no telling where we're liable to end up. But if we stay focused, that our hope is in Jesus Christ. It's in that cross of Calvary. It's in that shed blood. It's in those thorns that made the blood flow. It's the willingness of Jesus Christ to lay his life down for you and for me. That is where our hope lies today. The Bible says that is our blessed hope. Not just our hope, but our blessed hope. And his name is Jesus Christ. Hope has a name. His name is Jesus Christ. Because hope is so vital to the victorious Christian life, it is imperative that the Christian cling to that blessed hope. Watching the news, the world, the government seems hopeless at times. But we must remain steadfastly hopeful. Hopeful in what? Hopeful that we'll stand before God and Jesus Christ will present us faultless. Hopeful in the return of Christ that he will come and come 
ever so quickly. Hopeful that the church will continue to go on, that we'll continue to make an impact in, in, our, in our city, in our nation, in our state. We need to remain hopeful in that. I think if, if Satan were to attack something and get us off track, it's a lot of different things. Obviously, he's attacked many things. The, the family, he's attacked education, he's attacked multiple things. But I think if he could get the Christian to lose hope and say there is no reason I should continue, I think that would, that would do a great number. So to combat that, we have to remain more hopeful and more steadfast and steadfastly hopeful in the blessed hope named Jesus Christ. Before I close, if you're without hope tonight, you're without faith. And you can have hope by getting faith. And you must accept Jesus Christ to get that hope. That hope is... Isn't that hope that something's just inside you that you know, no one can take away? They can do what they want to, but we have hope. I mean, as the Bible says, the Apostle Paul said he was he, he was shipwrecked so many times, three times. He's been uh, left for dead a couple times. He still had hope. What what is a what does a man have inside him to remain hopeful even after those circumstances? That's something that men cannot take away, and. Uh, I'm afraid, not afraid, but um, if you read the signs of the times, we need to be very, very diligent about where we keep our hope. Even though situations change, um, different things happen in, in the election cycle and around our country, we need to just remain hopeful. It's easy for me to look at situations and absolutely get just very riled up, but if you remain hopeful in the Lord, you get riled up in a different way. And you say, yeah, thank God, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, that my hope is in Him and not in this world and not in this government and not in anything else. Let's close. Father, we love you tonight. Father, I'm thankful, Lord, for the blessed hope inside me, God, of the day I accepted you as my Lord and Savior. Father, when I believed and the faith came inside me, Lord, not only faith, but I got hope too, because they run hand in hand. And Father, I pray, Lord, if there's any here tonight, that they would look to you, Father, for the, the, the hope giver, the hope himself, the blessed hope. Father, I pray, Lord, you would um, help those, Lord, who have been looking at things they shouldn't around, the, just their focus has been off. Help us to do like in a Philippians, Father, and, and help us to keep, keep our mind on those things, Lord, that are pure and right. Father, and that, uh, that's going to manifest good works under your name. Father, I pray tonight, Lord, as we go into you in prayer, Father, that you would, you would meet with us, Father, that you would answer these prayer requests, Father, that, um, Lord, this time would, would be uh, dedicated to you. Father, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.